Welcome to Destination Murder, the true crime podcast. Each week, the hosts, that's us, BFS Megan and Tegan, cover stories from a new part of the world. Get ready to combat your travel bug and feed your true crime obsession. Good morning, Tegan. Welcome back to the podcast. Good morning, Megan. How's it going? Pretty good. I have my extremely large coffee. There's like 400 milliliters in here, which is quite large, but it's much needed this morning. I thought the power was going to go out, so I was like madly texting Tegan last night at like 1 a.m. And I was like, Tegan, my power is supposed to go out tomorrow. Like BC Hydro sent us a message. And then we wake up this morning and everything is still on. And my parents are like, oh, it was the cabins that was supposed to go out, not ours. We just mix up the days. And I was responding back to you at 3 a.m. because I just decided that that was a good time to wake up last night. I saw that and I was like, what the heck? Tegan had to wake up at like nine for a massage appointment. Why is she up at three in the morning? Like, I gotta get going now. Mm-hmm. Oh, I also got a haircut. I know not every, no one can see other than Tegan, but I got a haircut and like some highlights by my face. So I feel extra bougie today. Yeah, it's super cute. I love it. Megan looks a 10 out of 10. I always do, Tegan. <laughs> um, I had a... Uh, I probably shouldn't even be talking about it because it's supposed to be a secret, but um, I got that burn after writing book and it was like, so it's supposed to be just like be for yourself. Like you're not supposed to share it mm-hmm. with your world and it's supposed to be like, if you're just talking to yourself, how like, like honest can you be? And um, what I'm, I'm filling in the present section right now and it was like, who would you have... Um, like, if, if your life was a movie, who would be cast as, like, all the roles? And um, I put you um, as someone who would be in my life. And I cast you as Mila Kunis. Oh, I love Mila Kunis. Okay, honestly, though, is that because she plays Meg on Family Guy? Because if it is... I honestly just forgot about that until right now. Because I never okay, watched good. Family Guy, so... Who was it? I had, like, a friend group in, like, first year university or something. I don't know if it was even them, but it was, like, a long time ago, and it was, like, a bunch of people I don't hang out with anymore. But I was like, damn it, Meg. I'm like, no, I hate it. I feel so bad for Meg on Family Guy. I I also hate being called Meg. I have never once wanted to call you Meg before in my entire life. That's not you. No. There are, like, two people who are allowed to call me Meg. One is my Auntie Jane, and... The other one, I can't remember, but it's, like, someone like an aunt. (laughs) It's me. How could you forget that I'm the one only other person who's allowed to call you Meg? Yeah, Auntie Tegan. (laughs) (laughs) Before we started um, recording, I was showing Megan how to massage her face um, so that we don't grow old and get wrinkles. And I... You're supposed to massage, like, the inside of your lip, and so I was showing her that, and I was trying to talk at the same time, and I cut the inside of my mouth open with my fingernails, so I'm bleeding, and it hurts. Too bad your nursing student roommate is not home, so you can't uh, get her to patch it up. Yeah. Oh my god, could you imagine putting, like, a band-aid or something? No, we're not talking about that. Ew! Instead of a Band-Aid floating in the pool, it's a Band-Aid floating in Tegan's mouth. (laughs) What? (laughs) That's disgusting. 
That's so much worse. That's I'm sorry so for that much mental worse. picture, everyone. Oh, sweet Lord. Okay, this is uh, Destination Murder. Uh, yep. we're a tr- Welcome to the pod. True crime, a travel podcast. Um, each week we go to a different place in the world and we cover a case or a true crime event that happened there. It's always exciting. We always learn something new. We suck at math and that's about it. Yes. Where are... Oh yeah, we also have Instagram and social media. Our Instagram is at Destination Murder Pod. Our Twitter is DST underscore murder. Uh, we do have a Facebook. It's just Destination Murder. I remembered it this time. I was waiting for you to remember it. Thank you. And it actually did make us a TikTok, but just to hold our username. Okay, cool. <laughs> so... Because I was like, what if someone takes it? So, so excited. Destination Murder Pod, same as Instagram. <laughs> There's no content on there. And I don't know if there ever will be. <laughs> Who knows? Megan's a pretty avid TikToker. I've I've created one TikTok. Uh, and only like a handful of people have seen it because it's private. Um, but I think it's probably the funniest thing that I've ever created in my entire life. Yeah, it's um, funny. So, yeah. Am I first? You are first this week, I'm Megan. first. Okay. So, I'm taking us to Cuba this Exciting. week. Exciting. Mm-hmm. Where Justin Trudeau's father is from. Oh, yeah. The conspiracy that Fidel Castro is actually Justin Trudeau's father is a conspiracy theory I love. And if you look at photos of them side by side, they look very similar. So... Google that conspiracy uh, after the show. Yeah, definitely do it. It's interesting. Yeah. But anyways, last show, uh, you covered a um, Algerian freedom fighter that was, like, assassinated by the French government. So today, quite fitting, and I remember I, I said that, oh, it's like the U.S. assassinating or attempting to assassinate any, like, Latin American uh, leader who starts to start the whisperings of socialism or communism, because today I will be covering the assassination attempts of Fidel Castro. Oh my goodness. And that's so funny that I was talking about him before you even started. I know. I just knew our telepathy. Our vibes are on the same wavelength. (laughs) Okay. So sources this week, Wikipedia, a 2016 ABC News article, a 2016 NBC News article by Alexander Smith, and a 2006 documentary film, 638 Ways to Kill Castro. So Cuba is an island nation in the Caribbean Sea, just south of Florida. It's made up of one large island and multiple smaller archipelagos or archipelagos. I never know how to pronounce that word but its largest island is the largest island in the Caribbean. Like many of us probably know, Cuba has a complicated history and is somewhat cut off from much of the world. In the late 1940s, political political radicalization led to a coup d'etat and military dictatorship under Fulgencio Batista. The 1950s in Cuba experienced a rise in communism, eventually leading to the Cuban Revolution, a five-year-long armed revolt led by none other than Fidel Castro. On December 31st, 1958, Cuban rebels led by Castro overthrew Batista, creating the communist state of Cuba, completely changing U.S.-Cuban foreign relations and causing Cuba to be a point of contention during the Cold War. 
The U.S. feared that communism in Cuba would spread throughout Latin and South America, which would be bad for U.S. capitalism. In the 1960s, sorry, in 1960, the communist Cuban government nationalized all U.S. companies in Cuba, like essentially kind of stealing all the companies, just like, this is mine now, Um, which uh, obviously angered the U.S. and led President Eisenhower to sever U.S. relations and place a trade embargo on Cuba, which in turn strengthened Cuba's relations with the USSR. So because of this, the USA set out to assassinate Fidel Castro, and this is what I'll be covering today. All, Not all of the assassination attempts, because there's too many to cover in one podcast, uh, but some assassination attempts of Fidel Castro. There are currently 638 known and recorded CIA assassination attempts on Castro. 638! That's like two years every single day someone tried to kill him. Yeah, so this was over 40 years. Okay, but uh, still, but that's still. that's a lot. And that's only CIA, right? Yeah, so I think this is the number that Fidel Castro's, uh, Fidel Castro's, like, top security official has recorded. Okay. And, like, they knew about. Uh, not all of them were executed. Some were, like, abandoned in the early stages. But, like, he still knew about them and was like, hey, we got to watch out for this. But most of them are CIA, and if they're not CIA, there's often some sort of partnership between either, like, the U.S. State Department or, like, the Cuban re- Cuban rebels, like, rebelling against Castro. So right. a lot of different players, but it's mainly, like, the CIA. Okay. Which is the Central Intelligence Agency of the U.S., if anyone was confused about that. Cool. All right. Well, I'm excited to hear about these. This is sounds so interesting. So I can't cover them all, but I will cover some of the most bizarre. So like I said, according to Castro's top intelligence officer, the two U.S. presidents that executed the most assassination attempts were Nixon with 140, 184 attempts and Reagan with 197. And all of the other like U.S. presidents active in the time that Castro was had like way less than that, like less than 75, um, which is kind of funny because those are like the two most famously hated U.S. presidents nowadays. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, if I was gonna guess, I was gonna say Nixon and Reagan. Also, I'm just going to take a little minute to sidebar this, because I have a Nixon story. Um, My parents used to go to the opera, and they had, like, like, inner circle tickets or whatever, so, like, they had, like, a season's pass for the Vancouver Opera, and my dad one day was like, I don't want to go to the opera. Tegan, you can go with your mom. I was like, okay, cool. Get dressed up, get fancy, go to the opera. Nixon in China was the opera that was playing. <laughs> my mom and I fell asleep in the first act. And when the intermission came, we were like, oh, wake up. Oh my goodness, what? And then realized that there was two more acts to get through, and so we just <laughs> left. Oh no! Oh dear! So clearly, my mom and I are not interested in all with Nixon being in China. No, obviously not. Like, why was that even? I don't know why that was made an opera, to be honest. But anyways, I don't even know. I I, I don't remember anything else about that other than he went to China for some reason. Well. If you're listening, now you know that 
uh, Reagan went to China. No, sorry, Nixon. Nixon went to China. Nixon went to China, and he tried to kill Fidel Castro 187 times? Four. Oh, I was so close. I was going to go with four. 184 Nixon, but 197 Reagan. Mm. So you were, like, right on the money there. I was so close. Alrighty, anyways, I'll let you get back to it. Yeah. So, uh, according to retired CIA agents, the very first attempt on Castro's life was the Bay of Pigs invasion in 1961, which is a famously failed attempt at overthrowing Castro's revolutionary government that was directly financed by the U.S. government. So, that's kind of officially, unofficially, the very first uh, assassination attempt. One of the other first attempts on Castro's life was the year after he came to power. Castro always, always, always had a cigar in his hand. He loved Cuban cigars and would always be smoking them. The CIA knew this and decided to poison his cigars. They purchased a box of cigars and poisoned them with botulinum toxin, which, Tegan, you might know what this is because I know you listen to This Podcast Will Kill You, which is like a disease podcast, but they covered this in an episode. Uh, So botulinum is an extremely poisonous neurotoxin caused by bacteria. It's also known as Botox. So while it can be injected into our faces to stop us from uh, getting wrinkles because it like kills the nerves and stops you from being able to move your forehead, uh, it will kill you pretty quickly if you ingest it. The CIA laced the cigars with enough botulinum toxin to kill anyone that put one in their mouth. They handed them off to an quote-unquote unidentified person in Cuba to get them to Castro, but they don't know what happened to them after that, and the assassination attempt failed. I feel like you shouldn't just hand them off to a mysterious person and then just not know what happened. Yeah, I guess the CIA's intelligence was not quite up to par, I guess because they couldn't really get themselves into Cuba as, as easily as a Cuban could get themselves into the US. That's true. So they also attempted to use botulinum toxin in pill form to kill him. This time, the CIA recruited one of Castro's ex-lovers, a young German woman who had been romantically involved with Castro in the late 1950s. Marita Lorenz was contracted out by the CIA to assassinate Castro by dropping the poison into his drink when going over to visit him one evening. She stashed the pills in her night cream jar, but when she went to retrieve them, she realized that the cream had dissolved the pills and rendered them useless. Marita got panicked and worried, and Castro noticed this. He asked her if she had come to kill him, and she told him yes. According to her, he then gave her his handgun and sat in front of her on the bed, but Marita said she could not kill him. She says Castro then told her, quote, You can't kill me. Nobody can kill me, unquote. And then they made passionate love. Okay, that kind of seems like a lie. That's what she says. But, like, you know, like that... One, what is with the CIA just wanting to... I'm not going to be able to pronounce it. The Botox stuff. Like, why are they so on that? I guess because they knew it was a really quick and efficient way to kill him. With, like, not as much... Like, not as much trace as a gunshot. Yeah. Um, But also, like, just, like, the making passionate love afterwards. Like, I feel like that's, like, what a teenage boy would say. Like, when, like, he told his friends that, like they were gonna have sex and with a girl and then like they didn't so he was just like yeah we went up to my room and then we made passionate love (laughs) for sure that happened cia write this down yeah apparently she came out with all of this in an interview in like the 90s or something 
and the CIA like hasn't confirmed any of it, but it's like one of the stories. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure they're not just going to go around publicly admitting that they tried to kill someone. Yeah, yeah. Especially because I believe in 1970, they made it illegal to assassinate like a foreign government member or whatever, um, but they kept doing it, <laughs> even though it was illegal. They're just like under the table. No one's going to know. They're like, the rules um, don't apply to us. Okay, so along with cigars and women, Castro also loved to scuba dive. The CIA saw this as an opportunity to kill him and executed a couple of different scuba-related assassination attempts. In 1961, they came up with the idea to lace a wetsuit with a flesh-eating bacterium that would kill him slowly and painfully over the next couple months or years by, like, giving him a really intense chronic, like, skin rash and, like, it would eventually, like, eat through his body or something. I don't know. The CIA presented the contaminated wetsuit to an American lawyer named James Donovan, who had connections to Cuba because he'd been involved in hostage negotiations with Castro and other Cuban officials in the years prior. What happens next has multiple different accounts. Some accounts say that Donovan gave Castro a different suit. Some say that Donovan gave Castro the poison suit, but Castro didn't want it because he'd just bought himself a new suit that was better. And some accounts say that the poison suit never even left the CIA laboratory. Either way, this assassination attempt failed. Later, in 1963, the CIA designed another plant to kill Castro while scuba diving. They decided to try blowing him up underwater by planting explosives in a seashell. CIA agents planned to paint the shell with beautiful, exotic colors so it would catch Castro's attention and he would come closer for a good look. Once he was close, they would detonate ex- the explosives inside and kill him. But the plan did not pan out, partly due to it being impractical and partly due to the fact they could not find, like, a a seashell or a mollusk shell large enough to hide the explosives in. It really just seems like, to me, they watched James Bond movies and were like, that seems like something we can do Mm -hmm. in real life. Let's try it. This might have been before James Bond. I don't know when the first James Bond movie was, but... It's like 1960s era is like when all of the spy stuff became really, really popular, at least in the US and Canada, because of the Cold War, all the media was like, oh my gosh, there's probably Russian spies walking among us. Like, what's all the spy gear? Like, who are they going to kill? So they're probably just like, oh, we have to use some of these spy movie uh, secrets in actual spy life. (laughs) And then they realized they like just didn't work. (laughs) So, James Bond came out as a book in 1953. Okay. And in 1962 is when the first movie was released. Okay. So, some of these were before and some of these were after, but, like, right around the same time. Yeah. This one CIA agent's probably like, oh, I read this really fantastic book. What was it called? I think it was called, like, James Bond bond okay we should read it and see if there's anything in there that we could use against castro yeah i know it's all fiction but there's totally something that we can pull from this it's great okay so finally arguably the closest the cia ever came to killing castro was in 1961 in havana castro is said to have loved ice cream nearly as much as he loved cuban cigars and women and scuba diving so the cia set out a plan to poison his ice cream The CIA linked up with the Cuban Mafia, some of which had been expelled from Cuba during the revolution. 
The Cuban mafia did not like Castro because he had outlawed gambling and the mafia owned many casinos in Cuba and had been able to be rich and powerful before the revolution based on their uh, casinos and crime. (laughs) Casinos and crime. The CIA provided the mafia with poison pills, probably botulinum toxin, let's be real, uh, which they then slipped to a server at a cafe which Castro frequented for his ice cream. The cafe worker hid the pill, hid the bottle of pills in the back of the freezer with the ice cream set to poison Castro's dessert when he next came in. When Castro came into the cafe to get ice cream, though, the pill bottle had gotten stuck and frozen into the ice on the walls of the freezer. The server was not able to get it loose in time to poison Castro's ice cream, and the plan failed. Couldn't you just try again? I don't know. I think a lot of this was, like, they employed the, like, contracted out kind of regular people and so he pro- he probably couldn't get it out he's like that's it i'm not gonna try to kill this guy because like i'm gonna get killed otherwise yeah fair enough that's still so, insane <laughs> i know so just wrapping up here there were many attempts on castro's life made throughout his time as leader of cuba both by his own citizens cuban mafia members and by the u.s government often the attempts were a combination of multiple groups working together there were attempts to poison him to dose him with LSD while giving a speech, to shoot him with a bazooka from a nearby rooftop, and more. Many of the CIA agents operating or coordinating these attacks were agents who had escaped or been exiled from Cuba during the revolution. One in particular was a man living in Florida who took his family on a family vacation to, I think it was like Bolivia or something, to orchestrate an attempt on Castro's life, which ultimately failed after the assassins backed out at the last minute. But... I thought that was funny. Um, I got that from the documentary 638 Ways to Kill Castro. They interview a whole bunch of these guys who are just really open about, it's like, yeah, oh, I tried to kill him, but oh, I missed or oh, I backed out at the last second. So if you want to like see it from the horse's mouth as to say, watch that documentary. Uh, These men organizing the assassinations all hated Castro with a passion, and they thought Cuba, the Cuban people, and the world would be a better place without him. But even so, Castro survived it all. He died in Havana in 2016 at the ripe old age of 90. He had served as the Prime Minister of Cuba from 1959 to 1976, and the Cuban President from 1976 to 2008, nearly 50 years in all. And that is my story for this week. Wow, that's insane. I would like to go to Cuba because it's kind of stuck in the 50s. Yeah, that's what I've heard. They've got a whole bunch of like cool cars and like yeah. Cuban architecture. Um, Off the record, we don't like him, right? I don't know. I don't know if we're supposed to like him or not. Yeah. I think we're not because... There's, lo- I think there's a lot of human rights violations in Cuba. It's just we don't hear about them. Okay. Because that's what I thought. I was like, I feel like he was bad. But also, at the same time, I don't know. Um, also, who is that guy who, like, people have on his shirts that has, like, a little beret? Che Guevara. Yeah. Yeah. Or Guevara. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But he was like part of the Cuban revolution as well. And he was actually assassinated by the CIA. Uh, okay. I, I think it's by the CIA, allegedly by the CIA. Yeah. Um, but he was assassinated, I think, in the 60s or 70s. And it was a big deal. Okay. Because I always wondered, because yeah. people wear shirts with his face on it. I'm just like, yeah, so did we like him? Like, 
he is like I, I believe he's like famously liked as a representation of like communism socialism like stick it to the man kind of that 60s era yeah and because he was assassinated his name has kind of been stuck in a positive light but because castro was not assassinated and he continued to like lead a country that the people aren't necessarily quite happy in and he claims them to be he's not popular yeah okay good to know yeah and i think i'm quite hesitant about like deciding it's like hard to make up your mind about cuba because there's so much in the u.s media and by association the canadian media that's anti-cuba and so it's like i don't know how much is like u.s propaganda and how much is actually true yeah so because i remember like i think it was until just like recently that canadians were like allowed to travel to Cuba. Canadians have always been like, allowed to travel to Cuba. But, like, without the U.S. being, like, you know, mm. I it, 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 people can't see that because <laughs> hear that. Without the U.S. being, like, don't go to Cuba. We don't like them. Yeah, because I think that there was, like, a time where, like, if you had gone to Cuba as a Canadian citizen, like, you wouldn't be allowed to oh, go, you and couldn't go, go to, to the U.S. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. I think... That's probably, like, height of the Cold War, like, when the USSR was still around. No, because I feel like that was definitely in my lifetime, our lifetime. I could just be making this up because I don't remember anything. Um, I mean, we have family friends who would, like, always go to Cuba, and they... I never heard that from them. They were like, we love going to Cuba because there's no Americans there. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine... (laughs) (laughs) it's so funny i was like oh that's kind of mean but sorry americans if you're listening we're conflicted we just don't know but yeah so fun that was good it was it was fun um researching a case like this where i know like he survived it all even if he wasn't the greatest guy i don't know (laughs) can you tell i didn't know do like my full research on who he was i just (laughs) researched his assassination attempts. Yeah, he's like a name you don't know, but you don't know anything about him. Yeah. All I know that he could be our prime minister's real father. <laughs> we need to order a paternity test. Yeah. But yeah, if you watch the documentary 638 Ways to Kill Castro, it's just up on YouTube. Um, like they interview the guys who were part of the assassination attempts and they hate him they hate him so much they think he's like the devil maybe that's an overstatement but like they really don't like him enough that like there's this one guy who like tried and tried and tried again to kill him like a whole bunch of different times and he's just like live he lives in miami and like in 2006 he owned like a uh, a boat shop he's like oh yeah this is my boat shop while he's being interviewed about like all his attempts to kill Castro. That's wild. People are insane. He held a grudge. And he held it well. Yeah. Okay, well. You good to go, or do you want to take a break, or...? I'm good to go. Where are you taking us? I am taking us to Croatia. You're still in that same geographic area. Like I know. Mediterranean, Balkans, North Africa. Mm-hmm. It, it's been an adventure. 
And I like, I'm so annoyed because I found this case and it's so interesting, but there's like no information. How much, how little information there is, there's not even a Wikipedia page about it. <gasps> Whoa. I know. And I got super excited because there's a whole bunch of articles on it. So I was like, I'm doing this. And then I found out that all the articles were very short. So another short story from Tegan. Oh, Milo, have you come over to say hello? Hey, kitty. Hi, my. But yeah, so this is going to be another shorter one from yours truly. But I think that it's an interesting enough case that we'll all be happy. So, this is the murder of Jasmina Dominic. So, my sources this week are uh, Independent, France 24, ABC News, Reddit, and Wikipedia. So, um, my Wikipedia source was to talk a little bit about the region. So, um, Medimurgi county is a triangle-shaped county in the northernmost part of Croatia. Despite being the smallest county in Croatia by size, it is the most densely populated. Uh, the county borders Slovenia and in the northwest and Hungary on the east. Um, so the slopes of the alpine foothills in the northwestern part of the country and upper Medimurgi um, making makes it sustainable for vineyards, and the southeastern part of the county touches the flat Pannonian Plain. The flat parts um, of the region are also largely used for agriculture, which uh, mostly includes fields of cereals, maize, corn, as well as orchards, which are mostly planted with apple trees. Um, Over half of this region, so it's the smallest region, it's the most densely populated, but about half the region is agricultural land. So the it's a very, very dense, this tiny little area that all the people live in. Probably a really cute old kind of like medievalish town. Yeah, yeah. So um, my story will be taking place in um, Pavlovic, which is in the northern northern part of Uh, this county. So the body of a Croatian woman who disappeared in 2000 has been found after more than 18 years after her disappearance. Whoa. Yeah. And it's going to be another whoa in about five minutes. Okay. The macabre discovery that has cracked open a 20 year old cold case Uh, Jasmina Dominique was last seen when she was 23 years old. She went missing in August of 2000 when her absence was both noted at her university in Zagreb and her student job. Her family took until 2005 to report her missing and had previously told the police that she was living overseas. That's suspicious. Are you ready for the big wow? She was finally found inside the freezer on the ground floor of the home of her sister, Smajana Cernik, in Pavlovic, a small but well-off, neat, two-story home in northern Croatia. Smajana lived in the home with her husband and three children. Oh my god, so she was killed and had been 
in her sister's freezer for like 20 years. Yes. <gasps> That's horrifying. In the hallway of her home. What if... Oh, I hope that was locked so that the kids didn't see her. Yeah, kind of. Um, oh. But isn't that wild? One, wild that it took her family five years because they thought that she was working on a cruise ship and traveling abroad. But, like, wouldn't you expect to hear from your daughter at some point in time? Like, the sister clearly knew what was up. But oh, the yeah. parents, like... Maybe did. Maybe didn't. Still, I would be a little bit more concerned if I actually believed that. I'd be like, uh... Five years since we've heard from her, maybe... <laughs> maybe the sister was like, oh yeah, she calls me every week. Yeah, I don't know. But very interesting. So, um, according to local media, it was Najana's son-in-law who had found the body and alerted the police. Apparently, there was a power outage and the freezer started to smell. <gasps> oh! Yeah. Um, officers then arrested Jasmina's sister, um, and ordered a post-mortem to be carried out on her body. Um, they didn't know at the time if it was murder, but they definitely suspected it to be. Of course. Why would you keep your sister who died of natural causes in your freezer? And not tell anyone. <laughs> yeah, there's no reason for that. <laughs> So, a police spokesman said that the family had hoodwinked detectives investigating the disappearance more than a decade earlier, stating, they turned us in other directions. I've never had a case like this. And I don't know why, but saying hoodwinked out loud just gave me a flashback to the hoodwink movie. Do you remember when that? When you said that out loud, I was like, oh, Hoodwinked, the movie. The little cute cartoon. <laughs> oh, that was so good. I feel like I need to rewatch that. Yeah, so Jasmina's father reportedly said in 2011 that his daughter had told him in 2000 that she was going to work on a cruise ship and then live in Paris. Um, Jasmina's father, who has since passed away, uh, their mother... Um, is currently working in Germany, according to neighbors. So the entire family was kind of like all over the place. Like they weren't, they weren't, um, like living together. It seems like they all worked abroad. So maybe that had a little bit to do with it, where like it was like, oh, like I just missed her call everyone or just whatever. Assumed everyone else was like doing their own thing. Yeah. So the case sh clearly shocked Croatia, with many residents wondering how it was possible that the family had lived for so long with a hidden body in the house. Um, so the um, Pavlovic, uh, the village which they're from, um, only has about 900 people, and wow. most of whom work on um, their farms or in the nearby shoe factory. So very that that's less people than the number of people we went to high school with yeah so clearly like everybody knows everybody and you know what's going on i wonder if they were suspicious so um no one in the village can sleep we are all in a state of shock said a 62 year old neighbor who asked to be uh who asked to remain anonymous 
the man said that he was asked by police to serve as a witness to the search over the weekend, which I don't understand that they were like, yes, you person on the street, witness the search of the house. That's weird. For So this man said, for two seconds, I saw her crouched in the freezer, arms next to the body, he said, before recalling the memory of the two sisters. They were very different. Jasmina was nice, kept a low profile, studied in Zagreb, and she was a hardworking kid, while Smajana, she was not like that much, was not good in school. Could you imagine seeing, ooh, like, ugh, I just thought of something. You know when, like, meat gets freezer burn after being in there for too long? Ugh. Could you imagine? freezer burned. Ick. Yuck, 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 yuck. Um, so the police say that they searched the house um, when she was reported missing and subjected the family to lie detector tests, which apparently they all passed. Yeah, but those don't count for anything. Yeah. A Croatian court ordered uh, one month's detention for Smajana. The news came as hundreds of people attended her sister's funeral. The court said that Smajana must remain in detention because she could influence witnesses or flee during the investigation. So clearly, they thought that she was not a good person. Smajana was later convicted and sentenced to 15 years in prison. A court in the town of I'm going to butcher this. Varzdin ruled that Smajana killed her sister with at least five blows to the head, and most likely it happened during sleep. Um, this is Weird. a little bit gross, so skip ahead like 30 seconds if you don't want to hear. But then again, why are you listening to a murder podcast? <laughs> um, her head was wrapped in a black nylon trash bag, and her body was wrapped in a bed sheet that had traces of blood on it. The the bag and the sheet were secured with nylon socks wrapped around her neck and her knees. She was then stuffed into the freezer in fetal position. There were frozen bags of fruit and vegetables and meat under and on top of the (gasps) body, most likely to hide it. The freezer seal was glued so it was hard to open. Um, and evidence of Smajana's fingerprints were found connecting her to the case. Yeah. I just, like, to me, like, it's one thing to, like, have her body in the freezer, but it's another thing to have it with food in the freezer. Like, I really, really, really hope that that, like, that was just, like, to hide it and she didn't actually use it to store food that they consumed yeah that she was feeding to her children yeah could you imagine being her son-in-law and you're like oh power outage oh the freezer is kind of starting to stink and then you open it up and a body is inside well also he had to rummage around because she was like covered in trash bags and stuff so he would have had to like push all the food off of her lift the sheet and like but be shocked to see this body. I wonder if he lifted the sheet or he could just tell Yeah. that it was a human body. I think he would have had to lift the sheet because 
you'd be like, oh, that's weird. That looks like a body. But there'd be no way where you'd actually think that your mother-in-law would have a body in her freezer. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. Um, so to end this all off, the defense argued that there wasn't enough evidence to prove Smajana was guilty. State broadcaster HRT reported that Smajana cried when the court when the court handed down the verdict, um, and it is not clear whether she will appeal the case or not. But yeah, this all happened like last year. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yup. Oh my goodness. Right? You see why I had to do this? I yes. wish there was more information on it because it's really quite interesting. I want to know more. Apparently, I saw on Reddit that she had killed her sister because um, apparently she was flirting. Uh, Smajana killed Jasmina because apparently Jasmina was flirting with Smajana's husband. But, like, I don't know. She seemed like she was focused on school, like she wasn't even in the same area. If that's the case, I'm sure it was the other way around. The husband was flirting with her and she was like, like, oh, the husband isn't the problem. It's my sister. Mm -hmm. Women are always the problem. Men never do anything of any (laughs) damage whatsoever. Oh, dear. Oh, that sounds like it could be a Criminal Minds episode. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, oh, this would now be a good time to mention that, um, I have let down my cousin, um, because she gave me a case for (laughs) this week, um, and I didn't do it. Oh, no. So, shout out to Lorraine for suggesting Britt Lapthorne, who was an Australian woman murdered in Croatia. So, if you're interested in that case, maybe go look it up all i can think about right now and i don't know why is i told megan about this a little while ago but i drive down the same way to go to work every day and there was um people protesting abortions um on my way when i was coming home on the side of the street and it was a couple of guys and i think that's just what really annoyed me but then there was a couple girls too and they weren't wearing masks and like the more I think about it the more angry I get that I didn't pull over on the side of the street and just go over and start berating them I honestly Megan if I see them again you're so pro-life why are you not wearing a mask exactly that's what I'm gonna say to them like if you literally if you're trying to save a life put a mask on like are you kidding me literally so easy and it's so it's so easy backwards like you're you're clearly not stating that you care about humanity and wanting to save human lives it's you want to control a woman's body and you don't want to give her the right to yeah handle things there's just no logic with that with that argument like there's no logic if you are pushing for one narrative and then not actually following through with your actions. It's just, obviously you just don't like abortion and want to control the woman's body. Like, oh. Because if you're not improving the system that the baby then gets born into and gets put in foster home or adoption or whatever, it's like, if you're doing that, I hope you have adopted all of your children. Um, I hope you are, like, practicing what you preach. I don't know. 
I swear to God, Megan, like, I honestly really hope that they come back because I, I am so ready to fight them. Oh, I'm no, so dear. ready. I was thinking about, like, I've been thinking about it so much. I've been, like, practicing arguments in my head. Like, while I'm driving past, I'm like, this is what I'd say to them, and this is what I'd say to them. I figured out where I could park that's accessible because it's on a street corner that there's not a lot of parking. I'm just, like, ready. I'm ready to attack. All these, like, videos pop up on my TikTok from time to time about, like, people are protesting abortion outside of Planned Parenthood and just, like, the videos are like, do they not understand? I came here for a pap smear. They're like, don't do it. Don't kill your baby. And they're like, I'm not here for an abortion. I'm not pregnant. They're like, don't lie to us. Like, it's like, I'm here to check if I have cervical cancer. Like, shut up. It's so infuriating. And I feel so bad too, because like, I like, they don't even comprehend that like Planned Parenthood has support systems for women who have miscarried and yeah like like if you're screaming don't kill your baby at someone who wanted to have their baby and is miscarrying and has to go for medical help for the miscarriage like how traumatizing is that you obviously don't care about the mother at all yeah like where was it that they were trying to there was a state in the u.s i think or maybe it was in europe they were trying trying to... to criminally charge women who had miscarriages yeah and sentence them to death. I, I, <laughs> like, it must be like Alabama or or something. Alabama, Arkansas, Deep South US. I sure love my mom and pa. Um, yeah, no, it it makes me very angry. But the last TikTok that I saw about people protesting <laughs> is very opposite to yours. This woman was walking out and she was filming it, and all these people were like, "Do you know what goes on in there? They give abortions." And she was like, "Yeah, I just got one." <laughs> yeah she's like yeah i know i just killed my baby and and the woman's just like what 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 and the 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 caption is like i literally just came for a pap smear i'm just messing with them oh my god i saw one where they were all wearing like plague masks and stuff and this woman i think she was originally from haiti but she like starts doing some sort of like uh magic and they cleared out of there so fast. They don't like hoodoo. They were, yeah, like voodoo or something. I'm not, I don't know exactly what it was. It looked like she was kind of saging it and chanting. And the protesters cleared out of there so fast. Maybe that's what we should all start doing. Also, it's hoodoo. Hoodoo. Okay, sorry. I thought you said hoodoo and I was like, is it voodoo? <laughs> hoodoo. Um, um, I've just like been real riled up about women's rights recently. I can tell. I am angered. Um, anyways, on to other things. I uh, watched two movies this week about girls being kidnapped and kept in basements for multiple <laughs> years. And you just said on to other things and then continued to talk about women's rights. <laughs> I'm sorry. Listen, this is just what it's I not did a bad thing. this week. It's on to other things as things I participated in. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay, okay. So one was called 3,096 Days, and it was about a girl who was kidnapped when she was, like, eight years old or something, and she was kidnapped by this man and kept in his basement for, like, eight years or something, and that was really scary. 
uh, I think it happened in Europe. The, we watched it and it was like, it's kind of sounded like it was dubbed over. Or oh, like, Tegan, they don't have basements in Europe. They have dungeons. Well, okay. It wasn't like actually <laughs> like a basement. It was like, there was like a cellar, a cellar. And then he like dug a hole. Like, and then oh. hid it behind, like, a safe. So there was a safe in the wall that he pulled out, and then underneath he had, like, made this little room. Because he had seen this girl in the grocery store with her mom, and she smiled at him, and he was, like, her. And then he planned oh. to... He made the room so that he could kidnap her. And then he kidnapped her and had her for eight years. And the That's horrifying. other one, which I think is, like... So much worse. I mean, they're both terrible, but this happened in the U.S. and this woman was in a basement for 18 years. She was kidnapped by her father, and her father raped her multiple times. That she ended up having like seven kids. Oh my god! With him, and she lived in Wait. this secret basement in her, the home that she grew up in. While her mother and sister are upstairs trying to figure out what happened to her. Because she had told them that she was going to run away because her father was abusive towards her. And so they thought that she had just, like, ran away and, like, didn't tell them. Because she used... The dad used to make her write notes to her family. And, like, tell her that she was fine and that she didn't want to contact them and stuff. That's so horrible. And as the dad, he would know everything about the family so that... It would make it convincing. Yeah. 18 years she was locked in the basement. She ended up having three kids that, like, survived. Um, But, yeah. Both of these are true stories. (gasps) Oh, my God. Yeah. Wait, are they, like, documentaries? They're, like, movies based on um, actual cases. Um, So they're not documentaries. they're, They're films, but... They, like dramatized yeah true stories mm-hmm. that's horrible yeah oh my gosh isn't that insane so that's what i watched this week mike and i went out for pizza on tuesday we went to me and ed's mm-hmm. which is like the best pizza ever it's kind of a it's like a local chain i think they have two or three spots in the lower mainland and they have uh, more than that area. really yeah because there's or maybe I am exaggerating. But I think there's like five or six, I think. Okay. Well, either way, it's a local chain, but it's so good. But anyways, they like, their printer messed up our order. So like the printer didn't print the order in the kitchen. So the waitress like went to check on our order and they're like, oh, we didn't get that order. So they gave us like half price Ooh. on our entire order. So we ended up paying like 30 bucks with tip for like two pizzas. Wow. Which we took home uh, to have for <laughs> lunch the next day because there's always enough pizza. But it's it was awesome because they're so nice at me and Ed's and their customer service is great. And the pizza is a little bit pricey. So we were like, yes, but it's completely worth it. Yeah. Like it's so good. I, I just texted Camille. And said, can we please go get me and Ed's? Because Camille is the, I, she is a diehard me and Ed's fan. 
whenever we would get me and Ed's together, it was like Camille's getting her own pizza and you decide whatever you want, but that's, that's hers and she's eating it and she will finish. Which one does she get? Um, she gets, um, just like cheese and ham with extra cheese. Interesting. But their ham is like very like Italian deli-ish. Like it's, Mm. it's kind of almost like prosciutto type of quality to it but not not like the chunks of ham that you would get on a like ham and pineapple no no i hate ham on my pizza and i hate pineapple on my pizza it's disgusting yeah um my family loves getting hawaiian pizza and it's very infuriating because i don't like that and if they want a different pizza it's like one that has like pineapple and shrimp on it and mushrooms that is so weird i'm sorry yeah to your family yeah but mom y'all have really bad pizza listen taste. to that see here's my favorite type of pizza mediterranean you've got your so feta good. cheese you've got your tomatoes you've got your green peppers you've got your onions Olives. like how could you not want every part of that my mom doesn't like feta cheese and my dad constantly asks for it without the green onion pepper I don't understand. That's why I love me and Ed's. It's because they have like, they don't have the classic pizza. Like they do have the classic pizza. My favorite is the margarita. Oh, margarita is so good. Just simple, like with the mozzarella and like, mm, so good with the tomatoes. So good. But I also really like like Greek Mediterranean pizza as well with all the different flavor profiles. So um, good. I think one of my favorites from me and Ed's is the pierogi pizza. That's the one I had the other day. So good. Mm, so good. Really good. I'm not the biggest fan of all of the, like, l- the large chunks of potato. Yeah. But when they do it right, it's great. I mm-hmm. All I can think of right now is the pizza that we had in Amsterdam on my last night there. Remember that little italian place oh that was so good the italian place yeah and then we went and then we went for dessert at that champagne bar oh yeah the cava bar where it was like we got dessert and then it was like a bottle of cava for like nine euros or something yeah it was so cheap oh my god it was really good what i would do (laughs) to be able to go out like that again and eat like that again Mm-hmm. I'm so sad. So while we're on the pizza topic, uh, the pe- there's a really good pizza place where I went to university in Victoria on Vancouver Island. Um, it's called Pizzeria Prima Strada. I think there's three locations. I've been there. It's so good. Oh, again, I get the margarita every time. Oh, but it's so good, and they have the best apple spritzes and the best Negronis. Mm. I, Mike and I go there every time. I would often see like my my profs there to be like, hi. I went there like two years ago, I think. No, three year, three years ago, three or four years ago for my birthday. I I just had a cringy pizza moment. There was a time when um my family would order from Panago, and I had a like little, I'm not like other girls complex. Oh no, and I like. <laughs> <laughs> the bacon cheeseburger pizza because i Ooh. thought that like that made me like one of the guys one of the guys yeah 
I don't eat like cheese pizza. I eat the bacon cheeseburger pizza because it's so hardcore, you know? Bacon, mm. hamburger. Meat. This internalized misogyny. I for know. Me. <laughs> I want to kill myself. It comes out in pizza. <laughs> right? Like, oh my God. Poor 15 year old Tegan. Um, book wise, I've really accomplished a lot this week because I haven't really been reading. And so I was like, I need to get back into it. And I just went in full force. So um, I started off with something easy, breezy, light, easy to get through. Homebody by Rupi Kapoor. Or Rupi Kaur. Great read. Um, Still think that like Milk and Honey is like one of my favorite, or is like my favorite from her. Like I've got like every three poems I've got flagged in my book. It's kind of embarrassing. Um, and then I have been, it's not really reading. It's kind of reading slash writing the burn after writing Mm -hmm. book. Um, and then I started reading, you are a bad ass, how to stop (laughs) doubting your greatness and start living an awesome life. I'm on the self help train. As you can see, I have highlighted. Nice. Oh my god! <laughs> sections of the book. Yeah, Tegan's highlighted a whole bunch of stuff in the "How You Got This Way" chapter. Yeah. <laughs> and the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. Cute. <laughs> Bookwise, for me, I am still working on "The Stranger Beside Me" by Anne Rule, the book that Tegan got me for Christmas. I'm such a bad reader. Well, I... It takes so long to read books. I, um... I have a goal to read 24 books this year, which is two books a month, and I did not read all of, uh, like, February and March, essentially. Mm-hmm. So... Wow, it's like the end of March. <gasps> yeah. Here, I've got another quote for you. Okay. If you are depressed, you're living in the past. If you're anxious, you're living in the future. If you are at peace, you're living in the present. Lao Tzu, a Chinese philosopher. See, that's a very nice quote, but also, like... It's true, though. You need to be medicated to fix those issues. You can't just live in the yeah. present. <laughs> um, when we get wrapped up in our heads, we miss out on what's available to us right now in the moment. That's true. And I think this is my favorite one because it's by Kurt Cobain. But I literally feel like I need to plaster this all over my walls because it really hit hard for me. Um, Wanting to be someone else is a waste of the person you are. Yes, that's true. I kind of was thinking about that this week because I was like, I think it was yesterday, like all these people popped up on my Facebook, like friends you might know or whatever. And I was like swiping through and there are all these like different girls that I went to university with or like had class with. And I remember always being like, oh, I wish I was like more like this girl because she's cute or like I like her style or like, oh, she seems popular or whatever. And so I was like kind of looking through the profiles, walking down memory lane. And I was like, why? Like. Why did it matter? Yeah. It's funny having little moments like that where you're like, but you did this for what? 
mine. Yeah, it was like, why did you want... And it was never like a, oh, I wish so bad or like hate myself. It was just like, oh, I wish I could be more like that. But now I'm like, why? I spent a lot of my life, Megan, wishing to be more like you. I was like, she's so cool. She's so smart. She's so funny. She's athletic. Like, literally everything you could want. She's beautiful in one. Like, why? Stop it. (laughs) Like, literally all of high school. All of high school. I was like, she's so cool. Meanwhile, I was like, Tegan, like, knows all the popular kids, like. Tegan hangs out with them in, like, her biology class or whatever. I think you had spare block with, like, some of the more popular kids. I was like, oh, I wish I had spare block with Tegan. And now I'm like, what was the point? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I just, all I can think of, or I feel like I say that right a lot, but I, I feel like you're talking about grade, like, 11 chemistry. My, um chem partner and my like like seatmate I guess or whatever um was a white cap player and he now plays in the U.S. and I was in love with him I was so like so nervous to talk to him and then after we graduated he hit me up like two years ago but he like he was like yeah like I liked you and I'm like <laughs> okay. <What? laughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. Can you you rewind that, please? Um, um, you were too cool to like me. Yeah. Like what? Oh, here's something I did this week. I installed a light fixture in my room all by myself. We love a woman with a drill. Yeah. My roommate's boyfriend's drill that he left behind, and I don't know if he remembered that it's here or not but i have it and i've claimed it as my own when i went to university my dad gave me like a decker i don't know my dad gave me like a little toolkit black and decker and black and decker yeah a little black and decker toolkit and it's so handy i've used it so many times the drill the hammer the screwdriver the measure like it's so handy yeah and then i was like using my drill in my room like back at home one day and he's like oh where did you get that drill from i was like dad you gave this to me <laughs> he's like what it's like how do you not remember okay i'm making a public service announcement right now so any of my friends and family who are listening to this for christmas or my next birthday i would like a complete tool set please and thank you they're so handy I don't know how I ever lived without it. I know. Anyways, should we pull our countries? We've talked about pizza and books for the past, I don't know, 20 minutes. Yeah, I think Shall so. I think that's all I wanted to talk about. I think that's all I wanted to talk about, other than my plants are still thriving. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been looking at my Chinese money plant this entire time, and it looks like it's dying. So I have to, like, freshen up the soil and stuff. So... Wish me luck with that. I wish you luck and money. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, where are we going? Okay, Tegan. So you're uh, leaving the region. You've been in for the past, like, three weeks. Uh, you're going to Martinique. Ooh. Gonna get some beach vibes going. Okay. And I 
I am going to Greenland. <gasps> and I've actually been to Greenland, so that's exciting. Yeah. That's so cool. You can post some pictures from your trip when you went there. Yeah, I totally can. If I can find them. Currently, my hard drive with all those fo- files is um, at a shop because it was broken. So I have to go pick it up. Okay. That's it for this week. Thank you for joining us. We love being in your ear holes every Wednesday or Thursday or whatever day you listen to it. Follow us on Instagram at Destination Murder Pod, Twitter at Dest underscore Murder, our Facebook page. I remembered it. And now we have a TikTok, but we don't post there. It's really just to hold our username at Destination Murder Pod. <laughs> Maybe we'll put some content out there. We'll let you know if we do. <laughs> Dovigenia. Adios. Where did you go? Cuba. They speak Spanish. Oh my Spanish. god. I literally, I like, I'm just like, Megan, a little, like, a little bit more exciting. <laughs> Adios. I'm sure Dovigenia. there's some Cuban accent that I'm not getting in that, so. Adios. Dovigenia. Uh, that sounds Adios, like- amigos. In a while, crocodile. <laughs> See you Bye. later, alligator. Goodbye. Milo, say goodbye. Oh, I just hit him in the head. <laughs> say goodbye.